pitches. I couldn't come up with anything on the spot like Shelby did. Um, yes, I invented the word sluts. Correct. <laughs> Welcome to Salt the Room, where we talk about is supernatural, true crime, cryptids, and everything that's a little weird. Yeah, like me. We have a whole... Today's whole topic is destiny. <laughs> why is she the way she is? Nobody knows. Not even my therapist. Um, <laughs> I don't even have a therapist. Or I, was say, I was like, since when did you get a therapist? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Thank don't you, all America Health System. Oh. <laughs> wow. This horror story is the United, United States. States. <laughs> and you know, a lot of times when you think back, it's usually Ronald Reagan's fault. So thank you, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> no, no, for real. That's you why college see, is so expensive. If, if you can see Reagan. me and Destiny's face. <laughs> no, 100%. He also created the uh, five-day work week. Or Bitch. like, double down on the five-day work week. I don't know. Fuck you, Ronald. Actually, you know what? Now that I say that out loud, I feel like that could be wrong. So... <laughs> We never said that this was a factual podcast. <laughs> Except for the stories. Like, the, the the true crime, we definitely did research in. The rest I, I made up the squonk. The squonk doesn't exist. No, he exists, and I love him very much. <laughs> what's your favorite... <laughs> Fuck. Um, what's Pair your... of pants? <laughs> I was gonna say, what's your favorite clothing item that you have currently? I hate this question. I can't, I'm trying to come up with questions that aren't just like, how are you doing? Um, right now, my favorite clothing item is a hat I bought yesterday, and it's a blue velvet hat, um, like, like a navy blue velvet hat. No, like not velvet, it's, it's corduroy. It's I not like velvet. See I just bought a pair of corduroy pants. Hamilton's currently says, laying on it. It says Coors. Coors Light. Like the beard. Nice. Mm-hmm. I just bought a pair of corduroy pants. They're green. I put that on my Christmas wish list. Very excited. I love they're, that. I, they're from Jeff Bezos. Oh. Jeffrey. Jeffrey Bezos. Sorry. Nice. Uh, yeah, what are yours? So I asked that question without an answer. Um, Good. I have an answer. Yeah? <laughs> what's, what's your answer? I have two. Okay. One is my Shrek t-shirt that Destiny got me for my Hell birthday. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm fucking obsessed with it, and I wear it to work. I love that. <laughs> Wait, I have three. I have and three. your platform cross. My platform cross. <laughs> How did we know? <laughs> they are like, I think, four inches high. Yep. <laughs> and then I have a pair of really baggy pants that I thrifted that are, they feel like parachute pants and I love them nice. but they do make my ass sweat oh uh, but they look so cool <laughs> can you tell that your ass is sweating when you wear I, them like no from, okay. no because there's so much room there's like so much air <laughs> in between like my leg and the pant but I can feel a drip going down my <laughs> entire leg uh, you do it for the grand I'll be like blow drag hair and I'm just like oh, <laughs> oh it's already no. hit my ankle <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> yes. Um, actually, I do have mine. I just don't know where it is, and I'm upset about it. So I bought when Multiverse of Madness came out. I bought a Wanda Mommy shirt. Wanda. Yeah, Mommy Wanda. Um, <laughs> shirt that looks like a '90s band tee. Mm. Um, and it's really cool. Like it I really like Wanda on the side. Or no, it's like Wanda that, down. It's at the bottom. Yeah, it's Wanda down at the bottom, but it's like a bunch of her different outfits from the different movies. Mm. Um, and it looks faded, and it's really cool. super comfy. I have a theory that Destiny threw it out, and she's just not wanting to admit it. I did not throw it out. I don't know where it is. <laughs> Probably in the fucking drawers that you don't go through. <laughs> yeah. Just the, it's the sniff for me. <laughs> Today's episode. <laughs> so, we are on that, that Halloween horror train, mm-hmm. and so this is actually a Halloween story. Mm-hmm. It's 
not a good one. Oh. It's not happy. No one no one has a good time here. Um, are you ready to get into it? Destiny's got this this face. <laughs> Um, so today I'm going to talk about Timothy and Ronald Clark O'Brien. My info is from Wikipedia, NY Daily News, Investigation Discovery, and ABC 13. So, when you were younger, did your parents ever check your Halloween treats when you got home for any puncture marks or tampered packaging? No. No. Just mine? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I think a lot of families did, but... My mom, yeah, I don't think... <laughs> my mom would go through and just randomly pick out one, and if it was fine, that's the one I could eat that night. Also... Uh, this has kind of something to do with it, but uh, I got sent to the hospital one day because... <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it really doesn't have anything to do with puncture candy, but I went trick-or-treating and, and I got a full-size soda a and I dropped toe. it on my toe. And I had to get... Like, <laughs> like a liter? Can! Oh, great. It was grape soda. Ew! Was your toe okay? No, I had to get it like... I had, they had like a fire pen. I don't know if you see those. It's not really a fire pen, but it like made a hole and carterized it to drain the blood from my toe. Oh, oh my god! Because it was like you my probably toe was purple. Yeah, you I did. Popped a blood. Oh, like, Jesus Christ! Uh, anyway. So not really punctured candy, no. but a horror not story. Not the same. Trick or not even close to the same. You said I'm clumsy. Does that count? <laughs> no. So my mom, because she does listen. Hi, mom. <laughs> So this is this is where that that whole I can't even keep going. We're waiting. I'll wait. I'm sorry. If you don't know, then now you know. I and mean, when I laugh really hard, I sound like a dying donkey. <laughs> Caitlin was like, "Did your parents ever take your Halloween candy?" Somebody's like, "Did you ever drop candy?" <laughs> have you ever have you ever blasted a blood vessel in your big toe because you dropped a can of soda on it? I have. I have. That's very specific. Oh, Mine was a generalization. It's like SpongeBob. It's just like. I had a name once. <laughs> Literally. Uh, so it's kind of, you see them all over Facebook. People will share a post. Parents, check your candy. It's also a Twitter meme right now. Yes. Um, but my mom actually actively did it to make sure that there was no tampered packaging. Candy wasn't, you know, tampered with. So. It's not like check for razor blades. Like that was a thing too. You're usually looking for pens, glass, razors, <laughs> and every once in a while the rumor circulates that drugs would be hidden in the candy which only send parents into another candy checking frenzy. See, what's funny to me about that is, like, people who do drugs are not putting their drugs in little kids' candy. That's so expensive. Drugs are so expensive. (laughs) Like, I'm not putting my edibles in some candy wrapper and giving it for free. No. D, I won't do drugs. (laughs) (laughs) We're not doing this right now. I wore my dare shirt to the dispensary the other day. (laughs) So this has largely been found to be a giant scare with no real evidence to back it up, um, except for one case where it all kind of starts. So Richard Clark O'Brien was born in 1944 in Houston, Texas, with no notable incidents in a relatively normal childhood. As an adult, he worked as an optician at Texas State Optical in Sharpstown, Houston, um, which is kind of like, um, you know how we have suburbs in Chicago? Mm. It's a suburb of Houston. Gotcha. He was also a deacon at the Second Baptist Church, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the Second Baptist Church where he sang in the choir and ran a local bus program. He was attending community college and considered to be and was considered to be a family man while living with his wife and two children, Timothy and Elizabeth. Okay. October thirty first, Halloween, nineteen seventy four. The O'Brien family had dinner with their friends in the Pasadena suburb of Houston. After which, O'Brien would take his two children trick or treating, and Jim Bates, which was the family friend that they were going with, and his children would accompany them while the wives stayed home. 
So we're not exactly sure, depending on the news source, Jim would go from having two children to one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm not sure, but it was either three or four children that were there while they were trick-or-treating that night. Gotcha. The plan of action was that O'Brien would walk with the kids to the door, and Jim Bates would stay at the end of the driveway as to not crowd the doorways. Um, and kind of just Yeah, just to be respectful and just to give the kids space. Um, so as they set out on their candy hunt, the weather seemed to be a little damp and cold, and O'Brien was adorned. I don't know why that was what I copied and pasted, but he was wearing a yellow raincoat. <clears throat> a little way into the night, O'Brien walked the kids up to a door where the occupants didn't answer. The children turned around, made their way back down to Jim, because your kids on Halloween, you're not going to stand at a door that's not opening. You're going to move. Right. And try to go get more candy, yeah, right? you don't get candy from a not open door. Right. And O'Brien, O'Brien lingered by the door and appeared back to the group with a few pixie sticks. He distributed them to the three or four children that they were accompanying, and, um, the, you know, that was, that was it. He was just like, oh, they answered once you guys walked away. Here's some, here's some pixie sticks. And as a child, I don't know about you, but I, I pixie, pixie sticks, sticks were heavy. crack. Oh, I didn't like them. I really? put those bitches down my throat. Three was... musketeers. Rip them open. You all would, the way down. You would like Down my straight throat. nougat. Mm-hmm. Bro. <laughs> you would be a nougat That's bitch. literally so one of her favorite candy. She's like, no, no I nougat? like Milky Way. So sorry. Which it's the, the same thing. thing. With caramel. <laughs> Milky Way and Three Musketeers is just same thing, different font. Yeah. That's what he said. Actually, I like it from the other chocolate company. <laughs> but it's the same thing. I like the it left Twix, not on. the right. <laughs> Literally. Do you love Twix? I like Mounds yeah, and Almond Joy, but Mounds are better um, to me. I like, uh, I like dark chocolate. I like Zero Bars. Mm. Um, and Zero Bars are... a Zero Bar. It's white okay, fudge um, and, and like almond nougat. Um, but them frozen, that's the way to go. Mm. Hey, you can't make fun of me for being a nougat bitch when you're also a nougat bitch. <laughs> Mine's frozen and has white fudge. Mine's better. I could freeze mine. Mine's better. Mine has caramel. Mine's better. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so the candy Destiny hunt that night. get divorced on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the episode where they get divorced. Over candy. Um, the, the candy hunt came to an end and the O'Briens went home. And as children normally do, mm-hmm. Timothy and Elizabeth were begging for candy before bed. Um, Ronald told them that they could each have one piece of candy, and according to him, Timothy chose the oversized pixie stick. So not only is it a normal, yeah, pixie stick, it was a huge-ass pixie stick. Well, like the Big Daddy ones, were they even out yet? Well, I don't think it's like the big, big ones that you can like mix and match at Six Flags. I think it's just like, they're a little Above average. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, (laughs) don't wink at each other. Um, (laughs) After pouring some of the pure sugar candy into his mouth, he stopped to complain to his dad that it had a bitter taste and it didn't taste right. So O'Brien got him some Kool-Aid to wash it down. Here, kid, here's some sugar. Why not some more sugar to just, like, get that shit out of here? Also before bedtime. Also, like, I I would do something with a little bit more flavor, too, to wash something out with a bad flavor. But also, I do want to point out. Water, because it's still going to linger a little bit more. That's fair. No story ever said that he had his kid brush his teeth. And I... (laughs) (laughs) My number one concern is oral hygiene. You can die... Okay, no, I'm not even going to get into that. You can die so easy from that. Um, So... Seemingly nothing, you know, to think nothing of a complaint. He goes, here's some Kool-Aid. You're all right. Go to bed. This is a quote from him. It wasn't long before he was up and complaining with that his stomach hurt and that he didn't feel good. He was bent over vomiting and I was holding him when he just went limp. Ooh. Like, I feel like it's normal to not feel good if you eat candy before bed, but that's extreme. Yeah. Yeah, And again, we don't know the actual size of Pixie Stick. So if you down the giant one from Six Legs that costs $28, yeah, your stomach's probably going to hurt. 
Um, with Kool-Aid, by the way. In a call to 911, O'Brien tells them that his son ate poison candy. He jumped straight to it. Mm. Which, I mean, it doesn't seem off. No, it doesn't seem <laughs> off. Like, he rushed, he was, you know, it had a bitter taste. But if you really thought it, that it was poison candy, you would not have told him to finish it. And also, I wouldn't jump there. I'd be like, something's wrong with my kid. Like, mm-hmm. But he said in the 911 call that his son ate poison candy. Mm-mm. Timothy was rushed to the hospital after a call from the Pasadena Police Department to the Harris County District Attorney, Mike Hinton, stating that an eight-year-old boy had died and was being rushed to the hospital that had already passed. Oh, my God. Once at the hospital, they start running diagnostics, and it's determined that Timothy had eaten a full pixie stick and that it was laced with cyanide. I have a guess. I'm not going to say it. Don't say it. I'm not. I have a guess in my head about the conclusion of the story. And I think I might be right. You're probably Go right. ahead. It's, it's, not, it's not a far jump. I'm going to scream if I'm right. And this is also a very popular story. I've never heard of it. <laughs> they found cyanide in his bloodstream and in his stomach acid. The amount found in his blood alone, nothing to do with the stomach acid, was enough to kill an adult. Jesus, Jesus Christ. And he was an eight-year-old kid. Eight. Insane. The police quickly made their way to the Bates' home to confiscate the pixie sticks that had been given to that family. Because remember... It was not only given to his kids, he gave it to his friend's kids, too. So, if those same pixie sticks came from the same place, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a logical jump. Even finding that one of the children had fallen asleep with it in their hand while he was attempting to pry the staple that had held the paper together. This kid passed the fuck out after the long night of trick-or-treating trying to open this, this one pixie stick. Thankfully, all the picky, the p- picky sticks. The picky sticks. All the picky sticks. All the pixie sticks were collected. So nobody else had eaten the pixie stick? Nope. Mm-hmm. Only, the only person that consumed the pixie stick would have been Timothy. Hmm. A detective on the case, Bill Laner, noted later that O'Brien wasn't crying or bawling. Nothing. But as we know, different people react differently during situations like Trauma this. Trauma responses. Trauma responses are different. You can go into shock or you can go into an automatic meltdown. Once the investigation kicked off and they were attempting to track down the house that 30-year-old O'Brien had gotten the candy from, he was little help. At first, he kept saying, I don't know what home. I don't know what home. And then he said, I don't remember what the street was. Which, I mean, could be fair, because if you're going to multiple different houses, I'm not going to remember the exact house I got pixie sticks from. But Lanier was quick to point out that they had only gone down two streets. Oh, oh my God, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, the fastest. Never mind. done <laughs> me with your episode. Yeah. <laughs> if you just wait two seconds. <laughs> Which had prompted O'Brien to respond with, I didn't see the person's face. They only shoved their arm out of the door. That's sussy. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Days went by, and the detectives got increasingly frustrated, so they forced O'Brien out with them, basically to walk him down the road, and this time, they were very firm about it. While out with them a second time, O'Brien was able to point out the home of one Courtney Melvin. The only problem was, Melvin was an air traffic controller at William Hobby B. P. Wow. William Hobby P. Airport. We'll yeah. get there. In Houston. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> And he had an airtight alibi because he was at work all night. His wife and daughter, however, were home but had turned the lights off early since they had run out of candy. So they're not the ones who stuck their arms out? No. Nope. Remember, he said he stuck his arm out. A man stuck his arm out. Oh, out yeah, and they were only women. But if you can only see the arm, I mean. Yeah, but, like, I feel, well, no, that could be yeah. a stereotype. Just saying. Um, detectives began to investigate O'Brien's history, finding that he had been fired from 21 jobs in the past 10 years. He was in a major financial debt, owing 100000 and soon after, they uncovered mm. the major life insurance policies that O'Brien had took out on his children days before Halloween. That's so suspicious. I'm right, for sure. You're right. 
While investigating, they found out that O'Brien had been attending community college and had begun to ask his professor professors, why am I doing this? You can't read. <laughs> and had begun to ask his professors questions that would raise major red flags, like, oh, I don't know, what's more lethal, cyanide or a different type of poison? Oh, my God. He's like, help me well, the commit thing a crime. Is the, the th- I'll hear, I'll let you finish, and then I'll go on a fucking tangent. That's fine. Because <laughs> we're, we're almost there. He became obsessed with the poison and wanted to know from an acquaintance familiar with cyanide how much it would take to kill someone. My, so, my sorry, my first thought is the poison. The poison. The, the poison. Cusco's poison. Oh my god. Specifically, Cusco. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're okay. And a clerk at a Houston area chemical company had stated that not long before Halloween, a man had come in to see about purchasing some of the poison. But left when he was told he had to buy it in bulk. So he got it somehow, but he was upset that he had to buy it in bulk. Yeah. Why did nobody report his ass, though? Like, oh, hey, this guy's coming around asking what's the most poisonous poison and how much of the poison you need to kill somebody. Would you like to know why? Why? It's 1974. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I don't don't know history, though. <laughs> Do people just not give a fuck about poisoning people? I mean, we're c- we're coming out. We're in the seventies. We're coming out of like disco era, like oh. drugs and shit. Like that's. But, you think he wanted to take cyanide? I don't know what he wanted people to do. Wild. I, yeah. He's like, how the much cyanide that, can I take before I, I OD? On look it. at me. The fact that you can walk into a chemical company and say, "Hey, can I buy some?" That's, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, actually, quick question. Can I have that? Can I have that? <laughs> that's my only a little bit though. <laughs> I just found enough to make, like, four pixie sticks. Maybe five. Oh, no. After arresting <sighs> O'Brien, he refused to confess and went on trial in May of 1975. His wife insisting that she had no idea um, and that he had planned or done any of it, and she even testified against him. Hmm, that's good, though. Mm-hmm. The only inescapable conclusion is that this man killed his own flesh and blood for money, said the prosecutor. On June 3rd, 1975, they found him guilty on one account of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. After deliberating for a shocking 46 minutes, he was sentenced to death. Good. Jeez. And yeah. this is the story All about of Randy, Randy Clark O'Brien, also known as the Candyman, or the man who killed Halloween. Ah, so, okay. Not only... Did this guy, like, yes, obviously it's fucked, like, that he was in such a financial situation where he's like, no, I gotta kill my kids. Not he even that's going to a financial situation. But the thing is, is he got multiple pixie sticks and gave them to his friend's kids. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So was going to kill them too. Okay, but also, right, you're, you're planning this, you got this plan. You're gonna kill your, your son and your daughter, okay, to get this life insurance. Wouldn't it look weird if you said, I've got four pixie sticks, but it's not for you. Yeah. But still. Yeah. It's fucked. It's fucked. But also, imagine... How did he get two real pixie sticks and then two dead pixie sticks? How would you know the difference? Mark them with an X. That's not suspicious. A skull and crossbones. <laughs> Come here, little Timothy. <laughs> Here's two black pixie sticks for you. <laughs> it's a new Halloween And these are, nor- these are normal ones, not poison at all. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with these ones. So I think That's in order for him to work it out the way he wanted to it's work like, it oh, out... oh, I gotta kill these kids, too. Just yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. also, you want to know why that, I, I did forget to tell you, do you want to know why that rain jacket was so important? Because the pixie keeping... sticks had been up his sleeve the entire night. Uh... That's fun. So not only was he just walking around with his family and his friends... With dead, deadly pixie sticks. 
He had to carry those with him all night, thinking about that he was going to give them to his children. So like, I'm going to tell my kids tonight. And it came out that Timothy did not ask for the pixie stick. Oh. He, like, fed it to him. He so he's, like, instead, instead the of the stick. nougat, mm-hmm. here's a pixie stick. He goes, why don't you, do you want this? You want this. Jesus. You want this. His wife said it was very awkward behavior that he, he displayed that night about the pixie stick. But also imagine being the wife Guess and not knowing what was happening, and then now you're fucking like, why kid is dead. Why the fuck are you trying to give him pixie sticks so goddamn bad? I would be like, no pixie sticks. Well, I'm just saying, like me and you, or like imagine you and Max. Like, oh, one day you have a kid, right? Your kid dies, and then you find out that not only was your kid poisoned, they were poisoned by your significant other. Yeah, I would also be in jail. Yeah, literally, murder for me. Mm. You'd be dead. I'd kill you dead. Period. Oh my god! We're in sync So it is. It is. It is really fucked, and um, that's that's essentially. So I know he's called the Candyman. There is actually another serial killer called the Candyman that I'm going to cover. Um, but he that was his nickname in Houston. He was the Texas Candyman. Ugh. Yeah. Well, and all because of this one guy being a fucked up person. Now everybody's paranoid. That were giving out razor blades and edibles. Like, I'm sorry, edibles? I don't know. Edibles are legal in Illinois, and edibles are not cheap. No. I feel Mm -hmm. like $20 for a pack of gummies. I'm not going to give it to a kid. And 10 gummies. Yeah. If. You get lucky if there's 10 gummies in there. That was a malfunction at the factory where they were packing it up. You're just trying to get mad about something. (laughs) I was trying to be dramatic, and now you're ruining it for me. But yeah, that's crazy. That's sad, too. Yeah. Um... And also, I think the wife found out which kid was his favorite that night. Oh, it, yeah. It would have been the daughter. So. Yeah, because he was going to poison them both and specifically chose, chose to give Timothy. it to Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. My thing is, like, obviously this is not excusable by any means, mm-hmm. but, like, why the fuck would you take out a life insurance policy and then immediately kill your kid? A lot of people do that. That's the biggest red flag I've ever seen in my fucking and life. And it is. And back in the day, though, so it used to be, I don't remember how long ago it was, but you, it would be 90 days. Before it actually kicked 90 in. 90 days before it would kick in. Like, so maybe way, you'll change your mind about murdering your children. Literally, because people, so many people would take out giant life poli- like life insurance policies and then immediately kill somebody that they incited, like, they started a 90-day period. Like, I feel like this is fucked, but, like, I feel like I would wait a couple of years. Like, play the long-term game. But also, wow. this guy was in... I know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Sucked. But, well, like, he was in this apparently financial situation where he had to kill his kid to get a life insurance policy. But also, I'm sorry, you Sell live your ass on the street. If you live that... in fucking America. Everybody here is in fucking debt, yeah, bro. We're set up to be in debt. So, like, I'm sorry, but there are other ways you can make money besides murder. And $100,000, while it is a substantial sum, doesn't even touch some of my friends' college debt that they're Literally in. Literally, though. This is in the 70s. Yeah, that's true, but, like, still. I wonder what it equates to today. But still. That's probably, like, a million dollars. A million dollars from the 70s? I'm joking. Uh, I'm stupid. I don't know things. Look up. (laughs) How much was it? A thousand dollars. A hundred thousand. A thousand dollars. Could you imagine trying to kill your kid for a thousand dollars? People would. I bet people would. I I still can't get over the fact that he was going to buy cyanide, but they wanted to give him too much cyanide, and that's where he drew the line. It's roughly 700,000. I'm not that far off. I'm not that far off. Wow. But this can bring us it's on closer, another range. Yeah, it's closer to a million than it is to a hundred thousand. That's, that's goddamn. still, I'm sorry. This is going to sound awful, but, like, you can sell your body. You can do multiple other things sell besides your, murder. You can sell your, sell your ass on the street before or you Or how about this? You were working one job. Work two. 
three, four. Yeah, bro. Whatever. But that was the story. God, if he was, all, if he was around today, he would his ass. Well, he would probably be on Feet Finder. Honestly, OnlyFans? <laughs> Only Actually, fans. no, he'd probably still kill his kid first. And I then someone like, like, you could have just sold your feet. Well, I'm also kind of surprised that he wasn't caught stealing from, like, the church he was a deacon at. Like, that would have right. been, like, an like easier deacon jump. deacon, too? I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, and a bus driver. To me, it seems like he's protecting his well, pride at the cost of his children's lives. And this literally. is fucked. This is fucked to say as well. But, like, I feel like in that position, he could have, instead of murdering his child, stolen from the church... I would Easily. prefer that people, think, that people donate money to on a weekly basis. My understanding on a daily of basis. the Bible is that you probably would do better off stealing from the church than, than murdering, murdering your, child. your child. That's what I'm saying. Is I'm like, that seems like a better alternative. Still fuck, but like, that seems like a much better alternative than murdering your own child. Or just yeah. murdering anybody in general. Or even like scamming people out of their money because you are a head person at the church. Like, you can yes, easily be like, I need, I need help. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you're a beloved deacon in a, in a church, especially in that time, like, you are someone that they, like, love. Look up to, yeah. Look up to. Like, I think you'd get help. Yeah. Oh, I said scam people. Yeah, you could but just both. ask for help. But both. <laughs> yeah, that's like, what said. How about you? How about from asking to scamming to stealing and then maybe murder if you still feel like you have to? <laughs> maybe not, but... But, like, I feel like he could have gotten the money that he needed from stealing from or the Or at least versus... enough to get whatever was, like, stressing him out so much off his back. Which is... He he could get enough to get the loan sharks or whatever the fuck he loaned, like, got the loans from, or whoever he owes money from, just enough to get them off his back. Or, like, it's gonna sound bad. Oh, God. Sell your kidney or something. Yeah. Kidneys are work. Donate your plasma. <laughs> don't, don't donate your plasma. They fuck up your arm and then you have a bruise for two weeks. And then you find out that you're extremely iron deficient. <laughs> and then they won't take your plasma anymore. This isn't about me now. This is about destiny. Mm-hmm. I got health issues. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was the story of um, Timothy and... Clark O'Brien. Yeah. Do you have any pictures to go along with the story or anything like that? I do. He looks like an asshole. Okay. So what we'll do is we'll post the pictures on our Instagram. Um, you can follow our Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Salt the Room. And then if you guys have any like creepy Halloween stories, true crime stories, literally if you want to tell us anything in your life, send it to saltheroom at gmail.com. This is an ASMR warning. If you don't want to hear it, hop off. And as always, stay alert. <laughs> I can't. I'm gonna laugh. <laughs> stay safe. Something creepy. <laughs> 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 We're gonna go with that. I'm Happy gonna-